Hello, and welcome to this episode of Public Service Psychology Now, where we keep you updated on some of the things that are happening in Division 18. I'm Jen Snyder, the president of Division 18, and I'm joined by Tiffany Fennell, the president-elect. We're celebrating our division's uh, 75th anniversary in 2021. And as part of recognizing that, we've been interviewing past presidents of the division to talk about what was going on in the division, as well as what they've been doing since then. Today, we're talking with Dr. Steve Norton. Dr. Norton has worked in state and federal correctional systems and has also had a private practice for 20 years, primarily conducting law enforcement and corrections pre-employment evaluations and extensive forensic evaluations for criminal and civil cases. As an adjunct professor, he has taught psychology law, correctional psychology, and psychological assessment. Since 2007, he has worked on a part-time basis conducting pre-deployment evaluations for civilian security personnel deploying to conflict zones and was even deployed as a civilian on an emergency basis for crisis response to several war and conflict zones. He was the first civilian psychologist assigned to the U.S. Embassy in Afghanistan for a year in 2012. Dr. Norton has been very active in Division 18 for many years, serving two terms as chair of the criminal justice section and as our president from 2010 to 2011. Thank you so much for your service and being with us today, Dr. Norton, and tell us more about what you've been doing since your presidency. Well, thank you much for uh, having me on. Uh, I appreciate the opportunity to uh, uh, talk about Division 18. I also appreciate uh, both uh, the work that you, you two are doing in, in preparing this. this uh, takes a lot of a lot of effort and it's a, it's a benefit to the division to, to have the, the input that you two are both doing. So thank you for that. Um, my, uh, my time in Division 18 was, uh, was very positive. I, I've always uh, enjoyed the, uh, the interaction with, with colleagues and just kind of talking about both professional lives and um, the, the aspect of, of the personal life connection is always very positive as well. Uh, so I very much enjoyed my, my time with Division 18, and I continue to, to stay active and keep my hand in a few things when I can. Well, thank you um, uh, again for being here. And, and yes, you've been very active and, have, and very, um, have made very significant contributions. And so let's talk about some of those uh, contributions but maybe first tell us a little bit more about the context of, you know, when you were um, serving as president, maybe what was going on um, in the division or, you know, APA or even the wider world at the time, especially as it may have impacted public service psychologists. Well, in, in terms of the, the wider world, uh, the wars in Iraq and Afghanistan were, were both very active at that time, and uh, individuals returning from those war zones, uh, military personnel and civilian personnel, we really as a nation, as a profession, we're just starting to recognize some of the very difficult situations and traumatic situations that those individuals have been involved with. So that was a, a big uh, professional activity for all psychologists at that time, was just recognizing that, that trauma, recognizing the effects and then trying to develop services uh, that, that best address those type of effects. So that was very much uh, an active worldwide uh, activity at, at that time. For, uh, for APA and uh, the division, 
Uh, as I was uh, preparing for this uh, meeting today, I was going over some of my um, past notes and newsletters and uh, meeting agendas and all those kind of things. And one of the things that, that struck me was one of the activities that we talked about as a division during my presidency was developing a Facebook page. And at that time, I myself was not on Facebook, really had, had no idea what it was. Um, I thought it was something that teenagers were involved with. So I thought, okay, well, we can give that a try. Well, lo and behold, I, I was uh, uh, pleasantly surprised and informed about how much of an impact that, that actually can make. So we developed a Facebook page. Uh, there were much more clever technical, technologically uh, advanced people than, than myself. Uh, so we developed that Facebook page and we are still as a division very active in uh, the, the internet and uh, Facebook and uh, all sorts of those kind of things now. And with the year that we've just had, uh, we've developed and improved and enhanced webinar training and, and, and all that. So to think that when I was president, we were just starting Facebook, um, I, I thought that was quite, uh, uh, quite interesting to take a look at that. Uh, we had also talked to SA Division then about uh, uh, developing uh, trainings, how we were going to do that. Uh, there was some initial talk about the whole webinar process. Most of us, frankly, didn't know how that would be done, but uh, we were aware that other divisions were starting that, and it was something that we felt was important. Uh, we had had some uh, teleconference uh, meetings over the telephone, uh, which was uh, a much less productive process than the, than the Zoom meetings we have now. Um, but it, but it, uh, again, it was just surprising us. I was looking over that, how much of that had just started when during my hmm. presidency role, which I had really nothing to do with again, with much brighter minds within the division that were part of that. Another big development at that time is we had just approved the uh, section for a serious mental illness at that time. Uh, we had been, Mary Jansen had been very, very active within the division and within APA about developing that as a specialty. Uh, we as the division were trying to be as supportive of that as we could. And again, that was the year that we developed the, the uh, serious mental illness uh, section. In fact, it was announced at the um, uh, business meeting, presidential meeting for APA that year. So uh, I was very, very pleased to be part of that. Um, at that time, we were also very active with uh, the prescription privilege process. And the division had started to sponsor some trainings for that. Uh, that was uh, an area that, that I uh, was not actively involved in. I was, uh, but, but I knew that was something that we as the profession needed to improve, uh, develop. Um, and it was something that the division members and the institutions that we all worked in, that was needed for, for the clients that we served and again, the institutions systems that we serve. So that was a big part of the process as well. Um, some more of the mundane things that we dealt with as a division, uh, we did a lot of work with bylaws at that time. Some of the bylaws had not been revised for a while. Uh, some frankly didn't make much sense. One of the sections for, had bylaws that uh, 
didn't include attending the division meetings, which didn't really make a lot of sense. So we kind of mm -hmm. updated some of those things. Um, but that, that was more the some of the more mundane process uh, that we were involved in. And, and as I mentioned, we were also looking at developing CEU opportunities. Uh, we'd started to collaborate a little bit more with some of the other divisions for uh, APA presentations, uh, joint presentations, and that was very positive as well. So the division was active, uh, developing uh, some, some new, new things, but also focusing on what we could provide as a division to uh, our members and to the profession at, at large. Wow, that's an awful lot. And even, I guess, the quote unquote, you know, mundane things um, are pretty significant. I mean, I think many members today, you know, speak about the benefits of continuing education opportunities. And I know APA in general has really valued and emphasized more interdivisional programming at APA and, and even outside of, you know, the conference. Um, so to know that that was even, you know, something that was being talked about or being planned even over you know a decade ago. Um, that that's not something brand new. Um, it's really impressive that you guys were so forward thinking like that. You know, I, I think that it'll probably be a comment that every one of the the presidents make for this uh, podcast is that we've always been concerned about membership, and part of that membership is what is it that we as a division or within the sections actually provide to members. Mm -hmm. uh, myself and my own role working in corrections for as many years, there are many, many correctional psychologists who are not members of APA at all because they just didn't see what benefit they, they, mm -hmm. that could provide. Well, one of the benefits is that training. Um, when I was active working in correctional facilities, trying to find relevant training was very difficult. And that's what I wanted, that's what the division wanted to, to be, that place where people who could get training that was relevant to what they were doing. And that was a, a major benefit to being a member of the division and again, of the sections as well. Right. Yeah, I think that that continues on. Um, well, I'm thinking about your term and some of the, the major, you know, issues and, and uh, initiatives, you know, that were underway and some, you know, I know you've credited others, you know, for helping to, to lead the way to, um, but still, what do you consider some of the accomplishments or some of your accomplishments from your year? Well, um, one of the things that, that I wanted, a couple, one of the things that was successful, um, the section on psychologists in Indian country had an unfortunate drop in membership and that year, actually, membership was down throughout the whole uh, division as well in, in APA. But the, the psychologists in Indian country really did not have anyone who was able to step up into the chair role. So I took that on myself. I didn't want that to fold during, during, my, uh, during my stay. So I took that on and I was the interim chair uh, for a year um, and tried to coordinate some meetings, get some people involved with that. Unfortunately, I was able to recruit uh, uh, Jackie Gray to be the, the cha section chair for that next year. Uh, there was a student, Sarah Borland, who was a big part of that. 
So we were able to keep that section active and it's grown uh, considerably since that time. So I, I felt that that was very positive. Mm -hmm. um, one of the things that, that I tried to do, which frankly I was not very successful with, is the historical record. There was too many times, both when I was criminal justice section chair and division president, where we would be at a meeting and somebody says, oh, why the heck do we do that? And we really didn't always know why we did that. So we would have to go back through notes. Uh, we just did not have a good repository for keeping track of what we had done from year to year or even from meeting to meeting. So we tried to develop that. We talked with the APA about putting that on, on a website. So that was another thing that we were doing at that year was enhancing, developing the, the website. APA was very much encouraging divisions to do that. Mm -hmm. So we were looking at a way to uh, add that content onto our website. Um, the year that I was president, we really were not as successful as that as, as I'd hoped, but we did start that process. And I know it's much more uh, clear and organized now. So we did start that process then. Um, I, I would have liked to have done more with that. But uh, again, I know it's improved considerably since that time. Yeah, it's still, it's still a work in progress. We have a great communications chair who's just been doing a fantastic job keeping it or getting more things put on there. But I agree, this historical record in Jen, in some of our meetings, we were wondering, well, don't, don't we have a policy for this? Or is this written down anywhere? <laughs> and that's something- Can we talk about this? <laughs> yeah, like this came up a couple of years ago, you know? Um, so I think it's still, it's still a struggle that we definitely need to iron out um, for those coming behind us. Well, you know, a, a bit of a, a brief tangent, uh, the, the criminal justice section chair or a section had actually gone through a name change very several years prior to that. But everybody just kind of forgot about it because nobody wrote it down. So we officially had changed our name, but nobody used the new name and continued to refer to it as the criminal justice section. So it just stuck that way then. <laughs> and that was a, a, an example of it just never got written down. So nobody ever followed through with it. So we just continued to, to do the way we had always, always done it. So I'm curious what, what the name change is supposed or what the name is supposed to be it was supposed to be a, a correctional uh psychologist or correctional psychology i don't remember oh, huh. yeah huh. well i guess cj section just stuck <laughs> it did yes <laughs> well well yeah um those certainly some accomplishments and some still some we can, I think Jen and I can relate to some similar challenges that we're still kind of facing today, as you mentioned. And well, what sort of lessons did you learn as a leader or about yourself as a leader during your, during your experience or as a result of your experience as president? Well, um, I was, I, I, I felt very fortunate to be able to take on both the criminal justice section chair positions um, my second term as criminal justice section chair, uh, really because nobody else did it. So I thought, well, what the hell I'll do it again. I enjoyed it. I'll, I'll take that on again. And my president's role, uh, frankly, I, I was, 
Um, not sure that it was something that, that I could actually do, um, but I, I was very eager to, to take it on and I was pleased to, to have that opportunity. And uh, I learned that uh, I functioned better working with a team, even though maybe personally I'm a bit more of an introvert than, than, than most, but uh, in terms of that role, I functioned much better with the team. I enjoyed uh, talking about ideas with people and saying, you know, let's, let's talk both concretely what we should do and maybe visionary what we should do. And uh, mm -hmm. that was a very exciting process. So I, I learned that, that I enjoyed that. Um, on, a, on a more personal note, uh, at the end of my president term at, at APA was when I first started working overseas. So the, the APA convention where, where I ended my term, um, I was technically homeless. I'd sold everything back home. I was um, moving to DC where the convention was and I lived in a motel for a month. Again, didn't really own anything. The stuff I had was in storage and being able to stay connected with the division as past president was a very important part of my uh, uh, managing the, the time in Afghanistan. So uh, personally and professionally, it was uh, exciting to have that connection and kind of that anchor that uh, mm -hmm. uh, was very positive for me. Wow. I can't even imagine what a transition that must have been during that time for you. Um, well, I, you know, the presidential suite has the uh, meeting rooms that, that we use during normal conventions. Mm -hmm. And uh, we'd had a lot of uh, meetings there and there was quite a bit of, uh, there was actually quite a bit of food uh, left over and I took that food to my my <laughs> new unfurnished apartment and I kind of <laughs> used that for the next couple of days so convenient I kept it with me for a while and that's it's great that um you felt that division 18 was you had that community that you could you know kind of rely on or for support or as you mentioned that anchor especially during such uh I, again, kind of the time where you, you're, you don't have your stable kind of home base in a sense. Yeah, so. it was very positive. I was very yeah. much appreciative of that. Yeah, I think that speaks volumes to our community of, in Division 18. Yeah, very much so. Yeah. Well, I guess speaking of leadership and what sort of advice do you have for emerging leaders or, or those who are interested in leadership in Division 18? Well, it, I have thought about that question, uh, both in context of getting ready for this meeting and, and just in general uh, over the time that I've been involved with the division. And I, I think one of the things that, that people sometimes underestimate is that, that their own ability and their own worth. If you have gone through graduate school, you've successfully completed your degree, your internship, your training, and you're now starting to work, you have skills and talents and abilities already in place. And those talents that got you to this point in your professional career, maybe your personal career as well, those are the same skills, talents, and attributes that the division needs. And if you have those already. So I always encourage people to, to value their worth. They have developed and learned and grown and they have skills and, and talents and, and attributes that the division needs and the profession needs. So step up and, and take on that challenge. Um, uh, use the, the information that you know, 
and, and be ready to, to apply that. Uh, the other thing though, I think it's important that um, sometimes people sit back and they wait to be invited. Um, yeah, that, that, that's a good thing. Uh, that's a bit of an ego boost when you, you do get that invited. But everybody that works in Division 18, regardless of what they actually do, whatever they do, they're very busy. And they may not think of you as somebody to take on that role until you show up. And then somebody like myself says, oh, heck yes, you can do this. Thanks for, thanks for being here. But I may not have thought of you ahead of time, not because I, I didn't think you could do it, just with the busy life that we all have, uh, I just didn't think of it. Mm -hmm. And I, I know I was in meetings during my president year term where we were discussing about, well, who can we ask to do this? And somebody would throw out a name and said, yeah, that person, that, that, is, a, that is a good idea. Let's contact that person. So step up, um, offer yourself up and say, I'm interested. I, I want to take this on. And the last part of it is at your professional level, people have come before you. They have laid the groundwork. They have done the work. Uh, they have helped you get to where you're at. And it's time, frankly, for you to, to give back to that. So I, I think that, uh, you know, that's a professional responsibility that we all have is to give back to how we got to where we are. And I, I think that's important really really good advice well what do you see um i'm kind of thinking about future leaders but also just the future in general of division 18 what do you see for the future of division 18 what would you like us to i guess focus on or well i i do want to make just a, a brief comment i think i would be remiss to, to not address this um i currently live in minnesota um i'm not in the 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 Minneapolis-St. Paul area, but I, I live close to that. And I'm very much aware of the very active, very serious, very important uh, issues that are being uh, dealt with here in Minnesota now. Uh, concerns over racial justice, racial equality, mm -hmm. law enforcement reform. Those are all very, very active, uh, all important uh, things that uh, need to be addressed and, and need to be improved. Uh, I personally need to do more to address that and support both of uh, all of the, those type of initiatives, all those type of progress. And that's something that the division is very active involved in as well. And I think that it, as a division, we can continue to take some leadership roles in addressing the inequalities in, in our country and, and making those improvements that, that need. More work needs to be done. And I think the division will be very, very active in, in that. Um, so I, I did want to make mention of that. In terms of uh, other activities of the division, um, Division 18, as, as is one of the catalysts for this uh, podcast, uh, we were one of the founding divisions within APA. APA uh, changed their structure in 1945 to include divisions. We were one of the first ones. And we have always been an active member of APA. Uh, as we all know, the institutions that we work in, uh, whether it's the Veterans Administration facilities, uh, state hospital facilities, community mental health centers, uh, correctional institutions, our agencies and our members provide the majority of training for psychology interns mm -hmm. and, and postdoc for that matter. 
we set the standards, we provide that training, we start a lot of psychologists' careers who may not continue to work with, with our member institutions, but we provide that training. So we've always been an active member of the psychology profession, and I think we will always con continue that. Um, the presidential address for the year that I was president was titled Legacy and Leadership, <clears throat> and that's what we are. Wow, that's so um, very poignant. I'm just thinking about, or it, it just sounds so aspirational um, and kind of thinking about how to make that more concrete. Um, but, you know, but I, I think that's definitely our, our mission and our, our focus in Division 18 and what you said about it addressing, you know, racial injustices and, and, you know, law enforcement reform and, and also kind of just thinking or taking a step back and thinking about our bigger role in the training and the development of psychologists in serving, you know, the public and the, our pop, you know, these underserved or marginalized populations. And it's just it's kind of taking a deep breath just because it's, just, it's very, um, inspiring to hear what you're saying. And I think maybe it, it might inspire all of our members to consider what we on an individual level can contribute, but then also certainly. as a division, it certainly has my, the wheels in my brain kind of spinning right now. Well, you know, one of the interesting kind of side effects of this COVID year that we've all dealt with is the increase in webinar training um, the, the, we have so many good training opportunities that the division provides that will continue to make that impact on professional development, both with our members and with the profession at large. Uh, psychological services as a journal it, it continues to increase and make a big impact on the profession. And those are concrete examples of about how we can continue as a division mm -hmm. to make an impact. So. Definitely. Wow. Well, I guess anything else you'd like to say, um, Dr. Norton, before we come to a close? Uh, well, again, I, <clears throat> I've been appreciative of the, the opportunity and I appreciate this uh, opportunity to speak with you all today. Well, well, I have to speak for, I'll speak for Jen and myself to say, I think the pleasure has been all ours. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you so much for telling us more about your presidential year and, um, and, um, and, and just the time you spent with us today. So, well, thank you again for having me. Well, we will bring this episode of public service psychology now to a close. I um, want to thank everybody for listening. Um, thank you for tuning in and subscribing to the podcast series. We hope you're subscribers because that way you get notified as soon as a new episode is released. So thanks for tuning in and take care, everyone. Be well.